All is ready for the Pingdong Kite Festival, which will kick off on Saturday at the Gaoping Riverside Park in the Southern County. The event will feature kites in all shapes, colors and sizes, as well as plenty of DIYs to try your hand at designing kite of your own. The festival is now in its seventh edition and organizers hope to create a fun fair up in the sky. The event is sure to be a striking yet relaxing sight to behold, both for children and children at heart. According to the latest data, the total population of dogs and cats in Taiwan reached 2.95 million last year, which exceeded the number of children aged 14 and under in the country. To help injured or abused pets and strays, the Taipei city government has launched a 24-hour emergency hotline that allows people in Taipei to report animal abuse and access animal rescue services. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. This new 24-hour emergency hotline, 1959, will allow people to report animal abuse and seek animal rescue services. To improve the efficiency of animal rescue services, Taipei has launched a 24-hour pet rescue hotline accessible by dialing 1959. People who find animals that need rescue or protection in the city can call the line to file a report. We already had a rescue line at the Animal Protection Office, but the number was not easy to remember, so people would tend to call the General City Helpline at 1999 instead. After calling 1999, you'd be transferred over, which takes time and often leads to missing the golden window for treatment. So we worked hard on the issue with the central government, and after passing the NCC's review, we launched the first animal rescue hotline in the country. It's a 24-hour service, so people can notify authorities immediately, and rescue services can be dispatched in a timely manner. The number of pets in Taiwan is growing by 10% annually. According to the Taipei City Animal Protection Office, last year there were roughly 10,000 cases reported through the animal rescue hotline in the city. Around 17,000 cases involved dogs or cats. According to statistics for last year, there were around 10,000 animal rescue cases in Taipei, 1,700 cases involving dogs and cats. Many of the other cases involved birds. Birds often fall out of their nests or are injured from flying into buildings. If the public reports these sightings, our Animal Protection Office will go there to rescue the animals. The city government also cooperates with the police and 24 special animal hospitals. This allows police to assist with emergency rescue and evacuation of animals so that injured animals can receive professional medical treatment as soon as possible. Some animal protection cases, especially in the community, require the intervention of the police. The Taipei City Police Department has established a relevant cooperation mechanism with the Animal Protection Office. When some cases occur within the police's jurisdiction, they will cooperate with the Animal Protection Office to help handle the situation. The line is used for rescue and animal protection. Rescue entails saving animals that are injured on the road or birds that have fallen out of their nests. You can call the line to report such cases and request rescue. The focus of animal protection is abuse. 
For example, if someone notices their neighbor or someone on the street mistreating animals, they can report that through the dedicated line. When someone finds an animal that needs to be rescued in Taipei, they should first confirm the animal's condition, specific location, and surrounding environment, and then dial the 1959 Animal Protection Hotline to seek help. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. The health of the male giant panda at Taipei Zoo, Tuan Tuan, further deteriorated on Thursday afternoon after he experienced a series of seizures. The panda had gone through several months without any convulsions since his first seizure in August. The veterinary team at the zoo administered anticonvulsants to the animal, which eased his symptoms and allowed him to rest until today. They say they will keep a close watch on his health. Tuan Tuan lies on the floor, looking a little worse for wear. With a little effort, he tries to get up, but his back legs are not strong enough, and he falls back down. Since his first seizure on August 23rd, Taipei Zoo has been giving extra care to the giant panda. Though his condition improved somewhat in recent days, on November 17th, he had another seizure. For more than two months, he hadn't experienced any additional seizures. Unfortunately, ever since at 4.41pm yesterday, he's been experiencing repeated seizures. After we started administering anticonvulsants in October, he didn't experience any seizures. This is the first one he has had since August. We administered medication which brought down the convulsions. We will make some adjustments to his medication regime moving forward. They could have been caused by the lesion in his brain. Was it because of the brain lesion or because of his recent physical condition? He does indeed have some discomfort in his digestive system, so that has also had an impact on his health. Currently we're focusing on these symptoms and their frequency. We will continue observing him. In the period of just a few hours until 7.33pm yesterday, Tuan Tuan experienced four seizures. The zoo has administered anticonvulsants to help him in hopes of easing the symptoms. Vets say they will continue monitoring his health to find the best way forward. A big hit of this year's local elections is the election balloon. You might have seen one on the back of your local political hopeful as they canvas votes. It's a giant electronic balloon on a backpack. And it's the number one promo tool of choice for many candidates. In districts where they're used, spotting the balloon is a highlight of the evening for locals. Locals head to the street to catch the garbage truck. Zhang Weiqian spots her chance to distribute leaflets and free gifts to potential voters. A gigantic balloon on her backpack is a big publicity tool, and it's become a popular spectacle. When dusk falls, the balloon lights up, with the candidate's name and picture still easy to spot from far off. As soon as I put it on, it becomes the center of attention. Plus, it's shaped like a backpack, so I have my hands free to greet voters. I always use it when I'm going around the garbage truck and I'm handling out publicity materials. At night, it glows. 
it's the best best promotional tool. <laughs> Another new Taipei Council candidate, Xu Zhaoxing, has a balloon on her back too, as she goes around the streets talking to voters. Balloons are a real trend at the 2022 election. It makes me look like a firefly. It catches your eye, even in the dark. Taipei City candidate Lin Yanfeng demonstrates how her balloon works. First, she opens up the frame and fits the balloon to the pipe, connecting it to a battery. Then, she can fill it with air and turn on the light. The whole contraption weighs just 4.5 kilograms. It's a very eye-catching and effective publicity stunt for political candidates. The manufacturer says orders grew a lot this year. I made them by hand at first, then a friend gave me a suggestion and said, hey, can't you do it like a suitcase with an extendable handle? So I improved it, and that meant I could mass produce it. I think I've made twice as many this year compared to the last election. The elections are just over a week away now, and candidates are spending as much time as possible getting the word out. A balloon could be the difference between victory and loss. The CECC on Friday once again reminded the general public about Taiwan's COVID regulations ahead of the local elections. Health officials estimate that given the current COVID rules, roughly 70,000 people will be unable to cast a vote on November 26th. Let's hear from the CECC. Only people aged 20 and up can vote, so subtracting the number of expected patients under 20, that means anywhere between 50,000 and 70,000 people will be affected. I still urge everyone, if you have symptoms and you test positive in a rapid test, I hope and I suggest that you don't break the rules and go to a polling station and spread the virus to others. Due to the current five-day isolation rules, people diagnosed with the disease on November 21st or later will not be able to vote in the election. Meanwhile, people who have not been diagnosed with COVID but who have symptoms can vote in specially designated booths. The most famous painting in China is about to hit Taiwan like never before. Along the river during the Qingming Festival is to be an immersive experience in Taipei. The Song Dynasty painting depicts life in ancient China along the banks of a river. Now, for the first time, the public will get a chance to fly above the scene in a 3D simulation. Some lucky VIPs have had a sneak preview and said the experience felt extremely real. A ship passes underneath the famous Hongqiao Bridge. Sailors are busy shouting orders or punting. Vendors on the banks of the river shout and gesticulate to hawk their wares. Previously, National Palace Museum made a moving animation of Along the River during the Qingming Festival. And now, a different team has created an immersive simulation that can give you an even more unusual perspective. You sit in a flying machine to soar over the ancient city of Bianjing. Crossing the river and Hongqiao Bridge, you enter the bustling market at night. 
Right now, people are focusing on what we call immersive experiences. We want to launch along the river during the Qingming Festival by the end of the year. We'll create a 20-meter dome immersive experience where you can feel like you're really flying inside, so you can come here to learn while having an awesome time. The original scroll is one of the most famous classical Chinese paintings. It dates back to the 12th century. Painted by Song Dynasty artist Zhang Zeduan, it depicts commerce, architecture, transport, and daily life scenes from Bianjing, the capital of the Northern Song Dynasty. Visitors to the experience can also try on the clothes from the era. We saw some very detailed scenes and characters from Bianjing, and there were some scenes where we fell right in the water. Oh my god, the water came right in, it felt so real. From ink on paper to moving animation, and now a 3D immersion. This painting, perhaps the most famous in all of Chinese history, is getting fresh audiences thanks to the innovations of technology. Now, if you own or ride electric bicycles, take note, as new rules will take effect November 30th. Currently, electric bicycles are treated like regular bicycles, meaning people of any age can ride them. Riders are not required to wear helmets or get insurance for their vehicles. That is all about to change. Let's hear from the Directorate General of Highways. In the deliberation process at the Legislative Yuan, some scholars and experts had called for these rules. In the end, the bill that was passed does not require a driving license, but there are some conditions, like being of a certain age. From November 30th, riders of electric bicycles will have to be at least 14 years old. The bikes must have license plates and owners must purchase insurance for them. Riders who fail to comply by these rules could file fines of up to 3,600 and 1,500 respectively. Helmets must be worn while on the bikes, which will not be allowed to travel at speeds above 25 kilometers per hour. In addition, migrant workers will have to ask for permission from their employers to be allowed to purchase a vehicle, as is the case for scooters. Owners who already have an electric bike will be given a two-year buffer period to ensure their vehicles and get them licensed at the relevant agencies. Over the past few years, two public bike systems have operated side-by-side -side in Taipei and New Taipei. That's the U-Bike 1.0 network with its orange bikes and the U-Bike 2.0 networks with its white bikes. Starting December 10th, Taipei will cease to use the 1.0 bikes to switch fully to the newer 2.0 bicycles. So if you travel by bike between the two cities, beware. If after the phase-out you rent a 1.0 bike in New Taipei and ride over to Taipei, you'll have nowhere to return it, resulting in a fine of 350 NT. Riding a U-bike to work is part of many people's daily commutes. And many people use the bikes to travel between Taipei and New Taipei. Riders should be aware that changes are coming next month. Currently, there are two public bike networks, U-Bike 1.0 and U-Bike 2.0. Starting December 3rd, Taipei will phase out its U-Bike 1.0 bikes. According to Taipei City data, every day about 2,000 trips are made on public bikes to travel between Taipei and New Taipei, and about 400 of them are done on U-Bike 1.0s. To minimize disruption, Taipei will phase out its U-Bike 1.0 system gradually. 
From December 3rd to December 6th, Ubike 1.0 docking stations in Taipei will not allow rentals, only returns. From December 7th to December 9th, returns will not be allowed at any docking sites, except for 30 popular docking stations along the border between Taipei and New Taipei. Starting December 10th, the U-Bike 1.0 system will be completely phased out in Taipei. If you drive one of those bikes into Taipei and can't return it, you'll have to pay 350 NT to get it towed away. If you accidentally ride a U-Bike 1.0 over the border, you'll have to notify the operator U-Bike. They can assist you with the problem, but they will charge a fee for transporting the bike across cities. Already, there are 1,211 U-Bike 2.0 docking stations in Taipei, totaling more than 13,000 bikes. Currently, U-Bike 1.0s account for just about 8.5% of all rentals in the city, as their docking stations are gradually removed. U-Bike 1.0 docking stations will only be replaced with U-Bike 2.0 docking stations in locations where there is high demand. In other areas, they'll just be replaced with pavement or parking spaces. Meanwhile, New Taipei has put notices at its docking stations informing users to ride U-Bike 2.0s if travelling over to Taipei. The city is also increasing the number of 2.0 docking stations. The highlight of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit, or APEC, is the Economic Leaders Meeting, which was held on Friday in Bangkok. Taiwan's representative TSMC founder Morris Chang was in meetings all day, along with various heads of state. He has interacted with the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Singapore's Prime Minister Lee Shin Loon, and also had a warm exchange with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Shaking hands with Thailand's Prime Minister Prayut Chan-o-cha, Morris Jung took part in the economic leaders meeting, the highlight of APEC. The 91-year-old attracted some attention for wearing a face mask, but not as much as Chinese leader Xi Jinping. Chan-o-cha greeted Xi with a bow as Xi stepped into the venue earlier than expected. As seats were assigned in alphabetical order, Jung sat on the front left of US Vice President Kamala Harris. She and Jung were far away from each other and the two did not interact. At the welcome banquet a day before, Jung had warm exchanges with both US Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. When attending the afternoon's activities, Jung received enthusiastic applause when he entered the room. He waved to the crowd and chatted with Singaporean Prime Minister Lee Hsien-Long. But not all was pleasant news for Taiwan. Speaking to reporters, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese implied Taiwan did not meet the requirements to join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, or CPTPP. According to Australia's national broadcaster ABC, Albanese said that the agreement was only for recognised nation-states rather than economies. That contradicts the text of the CPTPP, which says any state or separate customs territory may accede to the agreement, meaning Taiwan would be eligible. The Taiwanese Foreign Ministry has demanded a clarification from Australia to avoid misunderstandings. The Taipei mayoral race is turning out to be one of the closest contests ahead of municipal elections on November 26th. In the latest 
The three main candidates have decided on their election eve rally venues. The DPP's candidate, former Health Minister Chen Shih-chung, has bagged Ketagalan Boulevard in front of the presidential office building. Independent Huang Shanshan has booked the area around Taipei City Hall, and the KMT's Jiang Wan-an has reserved a large parking lot near the intersection of Jilong Road and Civic Boulevard. The KMT's Taipei mayoral candidate Jiang Wanan went to an intersection with heavy traffic early in the morning. Some of his supporters who were passing by gave him encouraging cheers. <laughs> in the final stages of election campaigning, the three main candidates in the Taipei mayoral race have settled on venues for their election eve rallies. The team working for DPP candidate Chen Shijun picked Ketagalan Boulevard in front of the presidential office early on, while the team for KMT's candidate Zhang Wan'an has picked a large car park next to the intersections of Jilong Road and Civic Boulevard. Meanwhile, independent candidate Huang Shanshan, who has the backing of Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe, has picked the surrounding roads next to Taipei City Hall. We head to the spot where Zhang will hold his election eve rally. It's a spacious area and a stage has already been constructed. But the stage is not for Zhang's rally. It turns out that Huang will be the first here as she has booked the area for an event on Sunday. We looked at several venues in the planning stages. In the end, in addition to considering places that were easy to reach, we also had to make considerations to avoid traffic congestion during the setup. I know that Jiang Wan'an didn't grab Ketagalan Boulevard, so he ended up renting the same space I'll be using on November 20th. The event I'm holding there is about Taiwan surpassing political struggles between the KMT and DPP political camps and to think outside these two boxes so that the city's residents can be their own masters. The venues need to be chosen well to help each candidate build momentum on the last day before Taiwan heads to the polls.